You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? Derek, today we're going to start our weekly episode with another useless fact. Oh, yeah. If humans had a vision as good as eagles, we would be able to see an ant on the ground from the roof of a 10-story building. We would also have brilliant color vision, UV vision, and would have nearly a 360-degree range of view. 360 degree range of view? Yeah. Is that because their eyes are on the side of their head? Yeah. Hmm. So they can see basically past 180. Yeah. So I would assume 270 is their their sector for yeah, their because eyes. because you, you still can't see like the back right. probably like 60 or the front 60 at that point, right? Uh, so be able so to see yeah, essentially anywhere from 270 to 320. That's you, ridiculous. So their eyes have to be canted a little bit, right? Or else they, they wouldn't are, be able to right. see the front. Yep. Yeah. Then they got that big old mouth, oh, big yeah. old beak. Falcons so, are fascinating. I always loved Peregrine Falcons growing up because they dove at over 200 miles an hour. I was obsessed with them. Falcons or eagles? Falcons. And then that, like, falcons are smaller. Eagles are generally bigger. And then Peregrine Falcons I was obsessed with because of their diving speed that they would reach because they would, like, hook their wings and they would mm-hmm. get into, like, a full tuck, and that's where – Crash rockets came into play, and then in aerodynamics, that's like what it's mimicked off of. And then eagles, I mean, it's just first of all, bald eagles, obviously beautiful, correct. And then their wingspans are seven feet. They're just awesome animals. But having that vision and that speed and then that power as an eagle, it's just incredible. So there's your freedom. So if we were on top of a ten-story building, we'd be able to see an ant on the ground. On the ground, 
I'm trying to figure out like how tall. Obviously, I know how tall ten stories is, but like what what would be easy to see on the ground right now? That would be like our limit from a ten story building. We would probably see movement of skunk for sure. Going smaller than that on a ten story building. I feel like skunk would be easy to see though, wouldn't it? From ten stories up. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out. Like that's what a hundred feet, roughly. If you think every story is ten feet, because normally like code is at least eight feet, right? And you got wood in between, so probably twelve feet is a story. So 120 feet would be a ten-story building. I'm checking because I have no clue. So 100. I'm just trying to. I don't know if I've ever like sat on top of a ten-story. The building is 10 stories tall. This is usually around. No, that's not true at all. What to say? Because it varies. Um, 12 stories is about 150 feet. Yeah, okay. So 10 stories is probably 100, 120 feet, 100 to 120. Yeah. So... Interesting. So I work on the 19th floor. Would I be able to see? I feel like I'd be able to see a skunk running around from the 19th floor. Well, you're adding damn near 10 stories. So you're doubling it. So I could probably obnoxious. see. So I could probably see a skunk. Start at seven. Seven stories up. You I could don't probably work see seven. a skunk. I work 19. I understand that, Derek. Get off the elevator. Because <laughs> I know you're not taking the stairs every day. Correct. Yeah. 19 floors, man. Right. But even from 19, I can. I got to check next time I'm there. Yeah, when's that going to be? I don't know. After your next promotion, maybe? Probably. I don't understand bank structure. You get promoted like every... Yeah, but it all means nothing. (laughs) Like the titles for banking don't mean anything. Really? Yeah. It's basically... So banking structure is... So when somebody works... Like in business banking or commercial banking, when you're working with a business, they want to see that they're working with someone at the bank that is a vice president. So, like, in branches and everything, it matters so much more than what I do back office. But even then, it's all just for not your rank within the company. It's how external people see you. Interesting. So it doesn't matter. Yeah. For the most part. Unless you get into, like, auditing or um, advising, then it matters because then you can be a principal of a company and stuff like that. But, like, for general banking things, like banking officer, assistant vice president, vice president, group vice president, it doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So it's interesting. But yeah, so I don't I don't know if I could what I would be able to see on the 19th floor that would be like the, the like the ending part of my visibility. It's fascinating. Yeah, man. An ant, an ant so small. Could you imagine? Dude, I I can't see ants from like 6 feet. I look down and I see something moving and I'm like, "Oh, nice." And then I like blink and then there's a huge mound did you ever do that where you're walking and like time. you see one ant and then your eyes wander and it's like a whole school of ants what what's a group of ants called not a school it's fish it's not a swarm either no it's bees yeah so i don't know an infestation <laughs> so sounds about right we have an infestation of a mouse in here probably what uh which we have to kill that thing yeah i don't know where it is I don't even know where it came in from. Maybe underneath the door? Maybe. 
What we can do is uh, put some traps all around. Yeah. We'll send Dog the Bounty Hunter after him. Just kidding. He didn't do it too good of a job in Florida. So anyways. Well, he's still alive. Dog? No, Laundry. No, he's not. Yeah, he is. The remains came back and it's not him. What? Yeah. The, they did a uh, forensic examination of the skull that they found or whatever, and it's not him. When did that come out? Like yesterday or two days ago. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So he's still at large, as they say. Interesting. Yeah. So who'd they find? Mm-hmm. Barbara? Probably the other ex-girlfriend that he killed. Rip. Yeah. R.I.P. So weekly recap. What'd you do? Research Brian Laundry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You golfed in I, the freezing cold? Yeah, dude. I It was so cold that my fingertips started to lose feeling in them. I don't know why. Like these two fingers, my middle finger and my ring finger on my right hand, Maybe someone in the comments can tell me that I had a heart attack or something. But when I golf with these, I interlock my pinky and my my pointer finger like you're supposed to. And then the the middle finger and the ring finger don't sit on the club, I don't think. I think they go around my thumb. But whenever I swing with an iron shot on those first three holes, everything like from the bottom of my middle finger and my bottom of my ring finger up went numb. And I don't know why. That seems so odd that only those two fingers would go numb. Yeah, it's interesting. It's not like the other fingers, so it's not like I'm cold. It must be like an actual when I sw- when I swing and I'm that cold, I'm pinching off some sort of nerve or something like that. And it was, what, 47 when you were out there? Yeah, probably 45, 47. It got up to 52, and the sun peaked out every once in a while, and it was like, oh, it's so nice and warm out. And then it just got so cold. I, I shouldn't have gone out that day. It was very, very cold, and I was very underdressed. I still wore like a sweater, two sweaters, long sleeve shirt under that, and I was still freezing. It's so weird. Like It just shows how your body can get acclimated so quickly to temperatures because in the wintertime, if it hits 47, you're out golfing like in shorts yeah, right. because you're so acclimated to being so cold. But in the summertime, it drops down and you're just freezing. Mm-hmm. And it made me really sad that obviously summer's over. We're supposed to get 0.1 inches of snow next week. So mad. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. WGRZ posted it, so you know it has to be real. Um, dude, weathermen have the easiest job in the entire world. We'll see if we actually get it. I mean, the ground's still warm. That's the famous line. Well, Lenina La is coming back or whatever. What is it called? El Nino. El Nino. There you go. Nina's my stepmom. What's up, Nina? Um, El Nino is coming back, and I guess we're going to have a cold winter again. Well, good, because we got to kill off these damn ticks. I'm sick of them. When was our last El Nino? I felt I thought that we just had one. A couple years ago. Yeah, it's not this super infrequent thing. It's Dude, why is it raining so much? That's the real, that's the real question. I don't know, but I'm all about a job security. It's so annoying. It is. It's super depressing. Just intake your vitamin D. To the, to the moon, bro, and then you'll be good. Can you OD out of vitamin D? No. So what's great about vitamins in general is you can't have too many of them. You just literally pee out the excess. Your body takes what, what it needs, and then you just pee it out, whatever the excess is. It's amazing. I feel like there has to be some sort of bodily there's not. repercussion. A, there's not, unless you have some organs not functioning correctly, but otherwise you're fine. That's what's awesome about vitamins. They taught you that in school, in like middle school too. They're like, yeah, vitamins are safe. You can take as many vitamins as you want. You'll just literally excrete the excess. But can't you get then like 
bladder cancer or something like that because your bladder is overworking? No, that's the most feeble traded <laughs> assessment I've ever heard ever. You're fine. What do you mean? No. No. It's a vitamin. You're too much of everything is bad for you. <laughs> there's got to be. It's fine. I'm no. i look it up right now. Go ahead. I think there's something wrong. You probably if, got better service than I do in this bomb shelter that we built probably. a couple months ago. Hell yeah. Uh, there's got to be something where you can't have too much of it. If you have too much of anything, it is bad for you. Can you have? Also, this is on Google, so I'm sure that vitamin D. The Democratic liberals are taking it over <laughs> to make us feel afraid of you something. Could, you could find everything that you want online, whatever you search. Yeah, you can I'm, search. Going back to our conversation the other day, is Genghis Khan a good guy? You could probably search that and find a good article that says actually he, you should he had some good points, and it's like all right. <laughs> Easy. Six side effects of too much vitamin D from Healthline.com. Vitamin D is extremely important for your good health. And immune system. Um, However, it is also possible, although rare, for this vitamin to build up and reach toxic levels in your body. See, I told you. It's a .com. It's not even verified. (laughs) All right. Well, then let me go to the mayoclinic.org. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to keep finding sites. You're going to be like, liberal pass. What is vitamin D's toxicity? Should I be worried about taking supplements? Uh, Vitamin D toxicity, also called hypervitaminosis, that sounds super fake, is rare but potentially serious condition that occurs when you have excess amounts of vitamin D in your body. Vitamin D toxicity is usually caused by large doses of vitamin D supplements, not by diet or sun exposure. So you keep popping these vitamin D pills. You're going to be toxic. Oh, well, guess what, Derek? There's no sun in Buffalo for Correct. like nine and a half months every year. Your body regulates the amount of vitamin D produced by sun exposure, blah, 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 blah. Hypercalcemia. So buildup of calcium in your blood. That sounds right. Great. Now, Autumn Leaf is like, I definitely have that. Oh, yeah. Well, she probably thought that she had that before I even brought it that. up. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. What about your week? What'd you do? Uh, my in-laws came and stayed at the house. Yeah. So I had a host. They stayed at the Kelly B&B. Did you print them off tickets? Of course. Did you really? Not tickets, but they had their own room flyer with Wi-Fi passwords and everything. Absolutely. Told them to enjoy their stay, and yeah, it was a good time. Made eggs, banana caramel pancakes, bacon, um, water, of course, and then I believe there was something else in that meal. But Oh, yeah, English muffins with apple... What was the relax champ? Um, oh my god! I don't know if you remember the origin of the beep. Is it's not optional, bud? <laughs> I wanted to finish my thoughts, so I didn't forget. Doesn't it. work like that. Mid mid Wednesday whisker. If you when we used to do it, you have to do it. Honey, um, honey jams, honey sweet jams. What's her name? Oh yeah, honey sweet jam. Honey sweet jams. Yeah. So she, honey sweet jam. Sorry. Yeah, jam. No s. Her apple. What is it? Apple pie. Apple. What was the jam that I got? I think it was apple pie, right? I think it was apple pie. Yeah. I put that on an English muffin, let them taste it, and they loved it. Yeah. Because it's amazing. So, yeah. I think that's the only thing from the podcast that lasted as long as it has. If it's whiskey, it doesn't doesn't last a long period right. of time. But, uh, but, yeah. No, it's good. So, they hung out. Um, I got very lucky with my in-laws. So, I get along with all of them. Uh, Colleen's parents are divorced, so she has a stepmom now who's like a saint, very nice, and divorce is wild, especially when the kids that are affected from the divorce are older, mm-hmm. like mid-20s, just because then that's 
you know, they're used to an, oh, so it was a, a quote unquote normal household. And then all of a sudden it kind of like rocks the boat. Right. So, um, yeah, like eight, nine years ago, they got oh, divorced. Man. So the, uh, so that situation was weird for me going into the relationship with Colleen because I'm super desensitized from family values and oh, cores yeah. and norms because I'm South Buffalo Irish, which anyone from Buffalo totally understands what I'm saying. So that was one thing that initially brought Colleen and I close was because I kind of helped her emotionally through a divorce. And my parents got divorced when I was two, so I couldn't reflect too much yeah, on personal too. experience. But I told her like, hey, once things settle out, really not going to be that bad right like you get way more food you get more gifts like it's it's going to be okay so kind of coaster through that um but it really depends on the new significant other that your parent decides to be with it really comes down to them mm-hmm. and colleen got extremely lucky in that front um her mom is still single but her dad remarried and semi-recently and um her stepmom is just like she gets it, right? So she came in and she's like, I'm not your mom. I'm not trying to replace your mom. I just want to have like a normal relationship with you. And then, you know, I'm not going to ever step over my lane. Mm -hmm. And having that, especially with the family dynamic that Colleen has where they're very close, um, it, it helped a lot. And there was a lot of sidebar conversations that I was having with her parents in that realm and it was just incredible so now we fast forward colleen and i are married they come over the only thing we don't agree on is politics which is fine but they actually like the fact that i am well researched um i am still open-minded and although we don't vote for the same party it doesn't necessarily mean that there's absolutely no compromise and that's one of the coolest things about it so her stepmom's an early riser i'm an early riser what we do every morning while everyone else sleeps is we have coffee, watch the news, and solve the world problems. And now we look forward to it. So they obviously live in Syracuse, and then when it, they do come into town, it's it's still nice to just kind of dive into COVID, dive into mandates, dive into vaccines, dive into th- whatever is happening in the world, and then discuss. And I'm really good at playing devil's advocate against a Democrat because, you it's know, easy. it is. It's very easy. And it's interesting, too, because Republicans are known for two things. One, having almost no sympathy ever, and two, having a memory of an elephant. Where do you think that no sympathy comes from, though? So I think it's because, and this is my honest assessment, and this this really stems from a lot of the conversations that I have with her stepmom and her dad because they're the two they're they're older, right? They're not old, but right. they're older, but they're they're set in their ways. They've been Democrats for decades, but they, they're they not progressives. They're like the classical liberal. Sure. So having that conversation with them, it's really cool to sit down and have the, the honesty that they bring into a conversation where it's – they feel the way they do politically because it stems from them actually caring about a lot of people and then just having a giant heart. And as a human, politics aside – that's honorable. Like right. that's that's noble. Like you would want that, especially in a person, is to care for other people. I feel like many Republicans, it's not all but many, and then even conservatives, at some point there's a line drawn mm-hmm. and that line is honored. And it's It's money. That's the line. Money. It might <laughs> Yes and no, like money is one thing, but then it also comes to like at what point do we just say, you know, 
COVID's a great example because it's something that nobody expects. It's somebody that um, no one has any experience with in recent history and politics kicked in, mm-hmm. right? So at some point, there's a lot of people on the right that stepped up and said, hey, the government should not try to play God. And at the end of the day, it's going to do what it's going to do. Nature's going to run its course. The left has historically throughout the pandemic, even to current day, has always been saying one death is too many. And from politics aside, that aspect, of course, you know, like that's why you should wear a mask when you're in a store. That's why you should do these things. And then the right is always combating it, saying it's going to lead to something worse. It's going to lead to something more restrictive. It's going to lead to more government control. We're just trying to stop it now. And the left is saying, but it's in the best interest of everybody. It's in it's in public health interest. So what would you rather have? A government do absolutely nothing and just let it be free reign? Or do you think the government should kind of have some stipulations in place? And that's a very fair question. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people on the right, because I'm I'm fairly conservative when it comes to a lot of things. I, I like to tell people I'm fiscally Republican, but socially liberal. I think that's literally everybody in the world. Well, now, and that's a lot of because of the people that we deal with in our age group, We've seen so much nonsense, and then we also understand, and we grew up with social media, but then we've seen a lot of different things and conflicts where we weren't around when unions became a thing. We were around when unions were already a thing. So we don't necessarily understand. Then we've seen war. Then we've seen social media. So we're getting bombarded by people on both sides. So now we're saying, hey, like a lot of it, I believe, stems from our public education of – we need to recycle, stay away from drugs. It's okay to care about the environment. And then there's the other side of it of where you learn things. You learn about the Constitution. You learn about conquistadors. You, like, and all of the lessons that you're taught in public school kind of develop where you stand politically. And then when you answer the stereotypical pro-choice, pro-abortion, pro-death penalty, like no death penalty, and then you go down that list of what – party would you typically identify with if you answered these hard hot topic questions a lot of us from i would say 85 to 02 we're pretty dead nut center just because of our education and there's a reason for that right like all of the politics in our country led to allowing us to have the best of both worlds between socialism and capitalism and a free market to allow kids to go to school because we chose education as something that matters as a nation. And you can't fault anybody for that. What we're seeing now is people on both sides of the political spectrum bicker and fight because one side is overpowering the middle and then the other side is overpowering their middle. And that's mm-hmm. this is what we've talked about before where now it's just a battle of the extremes and then everybody left in the middle is saying, hold on, time out. Our current government is forgetting that they work for the people. Right. Greed took over, greed crept in, money took over, and then that's really dividing us. And then also you're having the you know, the the MSN failure where our normal media is just a complete disaster and then you're running into the propaganda filtering in from other nations because they're trying to execute their mission, which is to basically get rid of the best nation to ever exist mm-hmm. by impacting our social media, our feeds, our conversations, etc. And the older generation understands and appreciates some of those aspects, but then they're still blind to fully understand that there's more to the news. Some, not all. And that is the really cool conversation to have with people, specifically my in-laws. And it's nice to sit down, not debate, but just discuss. And when it leads to the 
the level of debate, it's not necessarily anger. It's just excitement to finally get into the root where you're you're engaged in a conversation the octave level raises, but you're not mad at the person. You're just having a good conversation where you're digging and peeling apart the onions, you know, the layers of the onion and diving into the core central value of that human being that you're having a discussion with. And at the end of it, everybody comes full circle and says, imagine if Congress did that. And then everyone agrees. And it's frustrating because the right's not voting the way the left is, and then the right doesn't have anybody stepping up to basically support the party the way the right wants it to, and the left is taking over because there's more people on the left side of the fence where they have more people willing to go through it than the right does. And it's a wild time when the in-laws come over because they know they can have those open discussions with me. I'm never mad at them. Like if anything, I'm taking some of their wisdom and just trying to be a better person, but then also be open-minded, but then educate them on, hold on, you're missing some of these aspects. Like Joe Rogan's horse treatment. Yeah. Dewormer. Horse dewormer came up for his COVID treatment. And I said, that's, it's a false narrative pushed by CNN. He's actually suing CNN over that. And he didn't take a medicine that is only for horses. He took a medicine that has been prescribed to billions of people by a doctor. And then aspects of that medication that he took has then been used to treat horses. It's not its only source of, Mm -hmm. you know, medication. And they're like, well, we didn't know that. Like, of course, because you're getting only the MSM aspect. You're not diving into, well, hold on. If I'm hearing this on CNN, why don't I listen to Joe Rogan's podcast and get this? If I'm seeing this on CNN, if I'm seeing this on Fox News and I'm able to put up with Fox News and I'm able to put up with CNN, MSNBC, C-SPAN, whoever, I'll watch One American News. I'll watch, you know, uh, Nation One Desk or whatever the other news station is, but then I'll also have conversations with people that are inside of those countries. I'll try to gather more sources of information opposed to just watching MSM. And that's that's the battle. And that's the conversation. So that's what's really cool is because they know that I do that. Like So where does this go from here though? From like us in the US? Do we keep fracturing ourselves so we have two different areas within the United States? Because that's where some people think that they're going. Uh, are we going to have another civil war where ideologies are fighting against each other? Are we going to all come to an agreement because the silent majority is going to raise their voice and be like, listen, you guys all have to shut up? Like, where do you think that we're going from here? I think it's going to be the silent majority slowly st- starting to stand as one. I mean, we're seeing it now with the vaccine mandates, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Moog is having walkouts because they're a private employer. However, they deal with federal contracts for DOD and their employees are saying just because you have a DOD contract, you're still a private employer. You don't have to mandate what DOD is mandating. You're choosing to or against that. Mm -hmm. You're seeing that also with Southwest and United and, you know, other airlines and sure they'll hide it and say that it's due to weather. We all know what it really is. Right. So the silent majority is already starting to take that stand and they're winning. Southwest got rid of it. United got rid of it. Catholic health is still, bickering right they're still on strike and part of that is due to mandate part of that is just due to a horrendous contract yeah Yeah, i mean their contracts have been garbage and that to the democratic you know party's history that's why unions have mattered Mm -hmm. because you're allowed to fight that fight and that's good to have but at the end of the day people are sick of taxes people are sick of you know 
the same conversation about how New York could be so much better because of course it could. And you're having the two parties bicker about what they believe their vision is for a better New York. And what we're seeing now is that left is not the way to go for the state of New York. People want more right. People want more conservative um, aspects implemented into the, the local government. So it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy to see. But I think the silent majority is going to rise up. They're going to kind of plateau. People still won't be happy. And then it's if it doesn't settle out and then it's a final blowout, it'll lead to a civil war. And, dude, there's been so many people in the South that have been saying that for decades. Yeah. That another civil war is definitely coming. If we keep going down this route, we've kept going down that route. It's only gotten worse. Yeah. So the middle of the country, the bottom right of the country, and then the smaller counties in the Northeast – are going to be the ones to push back. And L.A. just announced that they're going to force a vaccine mandate to enter basically any indoor public space, restaurants, et cetera. And there's people in L.A. that are not only fleeing the state and just moving, but they're also starting to fight back. I mean, there's rallies, there's Trump rallies, there's things that are occurring in L.A. that historically has never happened before. I think, too, not only just because of that, it's the definition, CDC just said, that the definition of being fully vaccinated is going to change, where it includes booster shots now. So you're not going to be technically considered fully vaccinated until the booster shots come out. So what? And th- this is one of the points that I brought up with my laws. I'm like, oh, if the masks were supposed to work and the vaccine was supposed to work, then why do we need boosters now? Right. Like, at what point are we just going to come out and say that the vaccine didn't work? Because it's it works, but not to the extent that they said it would. Mm-hmm. And what drives up my anxiety and some anger and just it's not necessarily anger. It's just like an annoyance is the left forgets what they've said mm-hmm. and the right doesn't forget because they have memories of rhinos. And then when you call them out on that, they're just like, well, that's not what we meant. It's like, well, then you can't have it both ways. Right. And that's the double standard for the left is what the right always calls out. However, to the Democrats point, the right does sometimes do the same thing mm-hmm. without a doubt. And that's why the two party system is basically failing is because now a lot of people that are our age, 30, 35, we're seeing the forest through the trees and we're seeing that both parties are also at fault and we're just sick of it. And we're really just sick of the inner bickering. Do you think that that is the way forward is a two party system? No, trying to get a third party in somehow. Dude, it's, like, be, it's been Abe Lincoln was a third party. Well, I know, essentially. but we all know that right now it's not possible. Co- yeah. There's so too much money. do you think that that is a potential way forward is that this silent majority is somehow some way able to fund a third party candidate to run. Yeah, whether it's I guess. big companies that are funding it like But it's a global issue. Yeah. It's a global issue. There's two parties across the globe in each re- respected country having the same argument that we're having in the US. We're not alone. Yeah, and right. I learned that when I was on my honeymoon. I was like, "Hey, how is it here in Greece with the vaccine mandate? Are like are the people screaming at each other on opposite sides like the you know, hoaxvid and if you're not vaccinated, you're just killing everybody. And they're all like, oh, 100%. Like, the everything happening in the U.S. is not, you know, uncommon. Specific, yeah. yeah, and it's not specific to the U.S. It's happening here. And honestly, it was refreshing to hear that mm-hmm. because then I realized, like, okay, so we're not the only ones just being a pain in the ass. Like, it's it's a fight. Like, people don't – people really don't like big government. People don't want – big government in their life every single day impacting every single thing that happens. I mean, people in New York can't stand it where if you're making a decent buck, you're going to lose 40 to 50% of your income easy. 
for taxes. And we literally went to war for 3%. Now we tax ourselves at 17% plus. For what? So it's that's why I'm starting to believe that something is going to happen because people are just going to say enough's enough. We're done. Like the yeah. government needs to just get their stuff in check and really just fall back in line with the Constitution because now there's there's things that are occurring in real life that is in the gray section and gray area of the Constitution where is it a state thing? Is it a federal thing? Is the federal overbounding? The st- like it's too much. And people are saying, screw it. Just go back to basics and get the hell out of my life and stop taxing me so much. Mm-hmm. Our property tax, man. Like your property tax yeah. has been going up in West Seneca for what? What do you see? Right. There's no difference. Nothing. That's the construction sign still on your front lawn. It's been here for months. <laughs> right? Like what? What are we really Almost paying a year for? Now, yeah. Yeah. What are we paying for? What do you think is this is kind of like same thing but different because to me we I see a lot of hardline. Um, whether it's a new social media platform, a new media platform, a different, some sort of online media company that is fracturing things even more. Mm-hmm. Like you have, you not only do you have the mainstream media, but now you have all these individual media outlets that are aligning themselves with, well, even like Daily Wire, like Ben Shapiro is saying, or like, uh, I don't know any left-leaning one because I don't really care about them, but like NPR, uh, I mean, there's a mix. Yeah, exactly. So like you have these new companies that are standing up to further in their line, which is making it even more fractured as a country. Like we know Facebook is pretty left leaning. We know Instagram is pretty left leaning. Now Trump is coming out with his own social media website, which is obviously going to be right leaning. Do you think that there is going to be a point where one purveys and then we get a new Facebook? I think it all implodes. I think people just say, hey, we need to slow this down because realistically what's happening, and we've we've had this conversation with friends of ours in the garage drinking beer, is if you look at current events and society as a whole as a, as a house with a backyard and a, and a fence, right? The majority of Americans that are – conservative, kind of in the middle, they're sick of government, like libertarians, conservatives, um, middle right people, and then even middle left people are saying, hey, I'm cool with having my house, my land. This is my backyard. This is my front yard. I got a sidewalk. This is my driveway. Mm -hmm. Leave me alone. Okay. What we're seeing is a lot of people are starting to discuss buying other pieces of land and or changing property lines and historically conservatives and republicans hate change the democratic party and progressives have always pushed for change and the fight now is technology has showed up and said hey we're not going to necessarily remove your house and remove your backyard we're just going to kind of make your back fence not so straight and narrow it's going to kind of be wavy and it's going to be fluid and then other things could potentially happen around your house. And technology has advanced so fast that humans have been trying to keep up with it. And it's changing the dynamic of our society at such a rate that we're not comfortable with it. So we start to bicker and argue. Then you add in elements of how nice that neighborhood is in that house that you own, which is our country, right? You notice and you like the fact that the weather is so consistent. You're getting four seasons. Everything is fine. But now all of a sudden 
you have wildfires in the neighborhood next door. You have tsunamis at the neighborhood closest to the ocean. And then you have all these other elements showing up where now your house is at risk and you don't like that because it's your house. But so again, all the neighbors on that street start to bicker and argue. And then you have different elections Then you have propaganda showing up inside of what you're reading inside your home. And then you realize my neighbor is a liberal. My neighbor is a Republican. I'm not okay. I don't feel safe. I need to buy guns. But you can't have guns because now the town and the HOA prohibited you from doing that. But, well, I want to show my pride. Well, the HOA said you can't fly a flag. So all these things are happening in your neighborhood, and we can't keep up with it. So technology is essentially changing society as a whole, and it's freaking people out because now – Every time before you hit send on an email, you're not only checking your grammar like you used to, you're not just checking to make sure you said best or respectfully with a comma at the end of it with your signature block to make sure it's good. You're checking things to make sure like, hey, is anything potentially mean? Can I piss anybody off? Like, could I lose my job over this email? Can I like offend anybody? Are my pronouns in there? Does that matter? Like you have all these other questions before you even hit send on one email and it's directly impacting your job, which directly impacts your, like your pay, which impacts your house, which impacts your life. So you're, you have so many other variables and it's not that it's necessarily a bad thing. It's just that the, the rate of it occurring all around us is what's shaking humans to its core because now we've lost the ability to just communicate face to face because we have this stupid device on nonstop that dictates everything we do. Mm -hmm. And then they try to advance things to make it more convenient, but then it comes into effect of, does this actually violate anything? Like can Apple impact my credit score? Can Apple and Google impact Everything I see every day, like what, at what point do we just draw a line? And then again, politics come into it. Is this a, you know, does this violate anything in the constitution? Well, A, B, and C. Does this hinder anything? Well, A, B, and C. How can I opt out of this? Well, A, B, and C. So all of that is occurring at once and humans can't, we can't, we're, we're not there yet. Would you do a paid to use social media platform if it promised you there was no data sourcing or like they weren't selling your data off to other companies they weren't flooding you with advertisements they weren't using your data for anything would you use that or no i mean i guess but at the end of the day i really feel like that is what's causing so many issues within not only our country but on earth and that it's just going to implode what is? because all of big tech all of social well, media all of politics well what I'm what I'm saying is the advancement of technology is going to reach a point where we say, hey, kind of like an Area 51, we get it, okay? We get it, Apple. We get that you can make a 3D map on maps when we're driving our car. We don't care. We don't need that, okay? Just keep the blue line. Tell us when to make a left or right, and then let me know what route I'm going to take. I'm good with that. Give me an ETA. Let me know if any traffic accidents happen, whatever. I don't need 3D. I don't need an avatar. I don't need to, you know, the next update is going to be me driving 3D on my Apple CarPlay, but then all of a sudden it's going to be a view of me driving my car while I'm driving. Like, I don't need all that. Like, keep it simple. And I feel like a lot of people are just going to start stepping up and saying, it's cool that we can have it. Do that behind closed doors because we're not, as a society, ready to do that. We're not going to implement that. We're not going to do that. Like, Elon, we're going to have an interface where we don't speak. We're not, we're going to, you know, we're going to use words without using words like Elon, 
be a trillionaire, have that technology, sell it or whatever, keep it for yourself, however you want to do it, but we're not going to implement that into society because we're not ready yet. And then we'll let you know when we're re- you know, like aliens. Mm-hmm. Aliens have all this tech. We're not good for that yet. We don't want to go from zero to 30,000 <laughs> feet above sea level in 0.02 seconds because we'll throw up everywhere. It exists. That's cool. We don't need it. We don't need that yet. I think that's what's going to happen. We'll let the companies and the technology exist. We'll pick and choose what we want to do so that we don't implode as a species. I think that's what should happen. And that's with technology. That's with society. That's with, with politics. Keep things incremental changes not this if we have it it's immediate inside of everybody's house we don't need that because i feel like we tried that though with cell phones where we're like listen we're gonna hold off a little bit and then they just stopped making cell phones that don't connect to the internet like you can't find you can find like one for each company when did we say that well like what do you mean like us as people we never said that but verizon said here look at look at this new smartphone buy it and everyone's like okay like i don't think there's going to come a point where people like that next generation aren't going to want the new and cool thing and that's what that's what i'm saying needs to happen so that we don't just implode and create a civil war but i don't see that happening though it might happen if it's like hey if you roll this out people are literally going to start burning things down (laughs) because we mentally can't handle it seriously I mean, how else? Like, what do you think? How would come else to that, do you though? handle all these issues? Right. We get to that by not making any changes now. But that's never going to happen because there's always money behind changes. Correct, and that's the problem. That's what I was having the conversation with my in-laws about, and I said, "Look, if you um, if you systematically look at every issue that we are dealing with right now, outside of politics, inside of politics, whatever, what is the same common denominator? Money and power, and well, which leads to." Or is stemmed from the biggest thing. I'm confused by the question. <laughs> Greed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Greed is literally the only thing that's, I mean, really linked to all the current hot topics and whatever, right? Like, I want my old life back, so I'm going to have an abortion. That's greed. Like, greed is actually killing humans. In the, If you look at things at a, at a wholesome value... It's greed, and that's impacting every single aspect of our life. But I don't think that'll ever change, though. Like, there, there's not going to be a point where people don't care about greed anymore. It's just going to keep going up. If it keeps, I mean, then yeah, uh, it might just go full circle, and then we're going to go back to Jesus times where we just only <laughs> wear sandals, and then we look at the Bible and we're like, hey, you know, there's seven deadly sins for a reason, and greed was one of but them. But isn't that why government exists in the first place? Is to regulate all this stuff? But greed implemented government. Correct. So. So we don't have checks and balances anymore. Right. That's what I'm saying. So it's going to be a massive reset where humans literally just have a civil war to get back and say, hey, we deviated so far off this path. Like we were supposed to go 150 degrees for 24 clicks. And for some reason, we had a compass that was off. We ended up going six degrees off track and we kept walking for the last 300 clicks. And now we're not even remotely close to where we were supposed to go. So you think civil war is the way to fix it? I don't think it's the way to fix it. I think it's going to be what does fix it. Because what else is there? Right. You know what I mean? I think there's just going to be a – it's a power struggle, and then that's what's going to happen. It's just going to be two rams colliding into each other, and it's just going to be a fight to basically – it's like two brothers that grew up with each other, two mm-hmm. best friends. Each side was dead set in their ways, and then all of a sudden they just fought each other quick, got over and said, hey, man, I was wrong. And then the other guy says, yeah, I was wrong too. I was a dick. And – all right, let's just let's just reshoot our azimuth, get back on the same page, 
it it's done, it's over with, I get it, and then we'll just move on. But we're not at that point yet. So what do you think about restructuring the two-party system to to the, like... A vote right or die. Right, no. I, no I, to, like, <laughs> you have... We've talked about this a lot. We have the Democrats who have their... It's obviously a range. Like, it's not you're a Democrat or you're not. It's right. you're uh, closer to the middle, you're further to the left. Or you're Republican, you're closer to the middle, further to the right. Yep. What if we, as a society, cut it off like in the middle of both of those and say, if you're at this point over, then you're a Republican. If you're this point over, then you're a Democrat. These people over here, they're fascists. These people over here, they're communists, whatever. Like we have actually four parties, but like only like expel all the stupid people from your party, basically. Yeah. Kill them all. Just kidding. Don't kill them all. But like basically – get these lines back to the center because we've talked about this numerous times. That's where a majority of the people are is within like 10 standard deviation from the middle. Mm -hmm. Like you're not, this curve is like, it's an actual standard deviation curve. You have a majority of the people dead, not center. And then it goes less, less, less people as you get out to the, uh, like mm-hmm. sides of it all. Yeah. So if we cut that off where 88% of the people are within a party and the other 12% are outside looking in because they're stupid and they're still use social media for the wrong reasons, then that would be a way to kind of recalibrate our two-party system to be some of what we want it to be. Implementing a left and right limit would help. So do you think that... So I'll answer that. I'll expand on that. Okay. Um, I don't know if y'all watch our Wednesday Risky Reviews. We've had a lot today, so there's a lot going on inside my stomach. So anyways, <laughs> everything's fine. Um, so anyways, if somebody in your respective party implements or pro- you know uh, provides, proposes, that's the correct word. If, you know, say the squad, for instance, because a lot of people understand who that is. Yeah. The squad comes to town. I heard you work to Jackrabbit now. <laughs> she shows up and says, hey, I'm going to propose this bill. Look at it. And it's normal squad things, whatever it is. Then the party can say, this proposed bill hits the boxes of these items that we don't want because it's too far left and we implemented this new system where this is flagged for being too far left. We're throwing it out. If you do it again, you're gone. Then they come back, propose another bill where it checks a couple boxes. You're removed from the party. We can't do it. We're not going to deviate that far as a nation. And there's another way to implement some of those ideas, but not as radical. You're gone. Isn't that what the Constitution is for? Correct, you would think. <laughs> and that's the point. Like, there has to be another workaround to basically say the Constitution still exists and we're going to follow that as a nation. You're gone. And that's not happening. And now there's no term limits. It's a disaster. We need the, to the right point, like the hard line that says, hey, enough's enough. Like, we can't do that. Like, this is ridiculous. Vice versa, same thing with the right. If they show up and say, monopolies on oil you're gone like you've had your first chance you propose something else we're not doing monopolies anymore it doesn't benefit anybody goodbye right so that's another way to kind of enforce the constitution the do you remember 
I'm sure you do, because both you and I generally fall middle right, mm-hmm. is when Obama said the Constitution is not a historical document. Yes. When he said that, I got so mad, and I was in high school, so it was 2008, I was a sophomore, he said that, and I got so mad because I said, it is a historical document, and it is something that we literally go to war over and die for, and for you to say that is a giant slap in the face, then the left came up with this other slogan to make it seem better, is that it's a living document Mm -hmm. so if it's a living document like the right says then why don't we make amendments that keep up with with the times and this was specific to the second amendment and they said the second amendment was written when we had muskets now we have full machine guns with full automatic laser beam clips and then they just went off into the rants because they don't literally know anything about weapons and they're not educated like really on that Mm -hmm. at all and that started the whole battle for the 2a from about 08 on right but there's reason behind that though there so elaborating it it should be a living document bill clinton has his you know assault weapon ban and so on and so forth so it predates obama but you know really like 08 is when it kind of really kicked up into full gear so there's the argument to both sides and you brought up the left's which is technically it is a living document. Amendments should be looked at and kind of, you know, ironed out a little bit with how we're articulating things, so on and so forth. The rights argument is specifically for the Second Amendment. It's not about the ability to have the weaponry. It's not about what the military or law enforcement uses. It's about allowing the citizens to be armed with the same capabilities as the government to overthrow the government if need be. It's not about the personal protection, which is the left's argument, like why do you need this type of weapon, right? right? So that's because when you look at things as a, which is like a new term, a constitutionalist, that's what it's about, is if the government has this, I should have this, so that in the event I need to overthrow the government as a citizen of the nation, I'm able to. Mm-hmm. So if the government has an M1 tank, I should be able to buy an M1 tank. <laughs> and then you have the people in the middle that are like, what if you're insane? <laughs> and then you have those, you know, which exactly. is why which is why we have a Tom. Because a Tom comes around and says, but what if you're insane? Right. And then you and I are like, Fair. Fair. Because (laughs) what if you are insane, right? So then you have that revolving conversation. So it kind of blends both parties. What we've run into, though, is that now, just like when someone's been in for too long, they know the loopholes. Mm -hmm. Look at any insurance agent. They know the loopholes. So if you're trying to buy a new homeowner's insurance policy, you'll have the homeowner's insurance agent tell you and or ask you questions in a certain way that direct you to answer a certain way so that you get the better rate so that you're not totally on your rump, right? So that's the problem is that there's no term limits and specifically consecutive term limits where they need to be. And people in the middle that are proposing those things 
are called extremists or whatever, and so, then you run of the mill <laughs> politics all over this again. This is a super interesting discussion, and I'm not 100% sure we should go down this route with 51 minutes in, but we talk a lot about term limits and how people should leave after two terms because that makes sense. That's, the, that's what the president does. That should be what Cuomo yeah. did. That's what everything going down should have term limits. What about the Supreme Court? Do you feel like they should, because they're a lifetime, so do you think that they should have term limits? They are. People don't understand the whole role of the Supreme Court. It's literally to interpret the Constitution the way it's written. So it doesn't matter if you're left or right registered. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican or a Democrat. Your interpretation of the Supreme or you being on the Supreme Court is to interpret the Constitution how it's written. So there really shouldn't be it should be pretty black and white. If it we're being honest, should be correct, which is why when people were mad about Brett Kavanaugh going in and uh, like Amy Coney Barrett when she was being vetted for it, they have their own demons, sure, but they're constitutionalists. Like you said, that term comes out because they interpret the Constitution the way it should be written. Same with people on the left. Like it doesn't matter what party you're on. In the Supreme Court, you're supposed to interpret the Constitution how it's written, which is the whole point of the Supreme Court. Do you think that they should have term limits or not? I'm going to hit you with another question. Go for it. Based on the fact that not everybody wants to be in the Supreme Court, do you think that should tie do you think that should be factored into the decision for Supreme Court term limits? That not everybody wants to be in. The sample size is so small sure. that you don't have a lot of people trying to run for it. Do you think that so that every seat is filled so that it is fair and balanced? Then that should play a factor in mm-hmm. term limits for Supreme Court. Yeah, that I mean that's a good point. I think that we're getting to that point with regular Congress in the House. There's not many. There's going to be a point where no one wants to get into politics at all, and we're going to be in the same situation for them. And then at that point, are we going to have lifetime? No. Exactly. Then it's then civil war, right? Because again, like it's going to trickle down to. I'm sick of this person. Let's overthrow him. And then again, what happens in other nations? Venezuela, um, Cuba, etc. Like that's that's what happens. So there's too much power in one specific seat. The people get sick of it. They overthrow him. I mean, we're on that course. So unless something changes, then that's what we're going to be dealing with. I think that it all comes down to the squeaky wheel gets the oil for. And- everything in life and right now a lot of people in the middle are getting some of the some of the oil not all of it but some of it no pun intended because we need oil now thanks joe dude speaking of that i found out like eight dollars in california right now (laughs) i found out that the supreme court denied his keystone pipeline executive order to shut it down really so the reason why one of the reasons why oil is so high right now is because of all the other aspects of the Democratic Party directly impacting fossil fuels, where it's the you know the Green New Deal mm-hmm. and then the push for electric vehicles, and they don't know what they're going to be sure. dealing with in the future, so they're hor- like they're hoarding oil, which right now it's an extreme version of what happens every election cycle. You see it within the commercial and industrial side of things between steel, pharmaceuticals. Um, and then a lot of like metal shops, fab shops, things like that, where the trades are impacted because people don't want to spend money mm-hmm. because they don't know what the president's going to enact and and or do. So seeing that with oil, it definitely makes sense. And then also supplies or demand is so high right now that they're restricting the supply. That's why it's it's jacking up. So it's in part to Biden, but it's not fully Biden's fault 
But if anybody tries to tell me that the president has nothing to do with oil prices, right. you're absolutely out of your mind. And now you have legitimately three different administrations as a sample size to choose from where it was high with Obama, it was dirt cheap with Trump, and now it's super high with Biden. Mm-hmm. So you tell me, like, are you blind or are you – because it, it's frustrating. It really Would you is ever get an electric car? Like, are, are you thinking of it in the future? It's a no? toy. It's not an everyday, especially in Buffalo, New York. Having a Tesla in Buffalo, New York makes absolutely no sense to me. What happens when it's 10 degrees outside and you lose about 15% of your battery because it's so cold, the battery can't function the way it's supposed to? <laughs> Plus, they're so freaking low to the ground. What happens? Yeah. You know, I. for me, it's a toy. I would have a Tesla as, you know, for about 7 to... 15 weeks out of the year in Buffalo mm-hmm. where it actually makes sense. I would keep it in a stored, heated, climate-controlled pole barn. Probably heated by oil. And <laughs> yeah, Basically, or natural gas. You know what I mean? Like, Dude, nat- fossil fuels fund so much of our everyday oh, life, and no yeah. one really understands. Absolutely. They only think it's about oil. It's not. Yeah. We, make, we literally make toothbrushes <laughs> with fossil fuels. <laughs> So I, that's why I would have one. And I would not get one unless I could have a roof that's also a solar panel that recharges the car. Yeah. I would wait for that. But it's a toy. I would add it to the collection. You know what else is in the collection? A V8 standard <laughs> six-speed Jaguar F-Type. That's what's in the collection. So I, oh, that's where I'm at. Um, yeah, I'm basically the only way out, vote red. No, I'm just kidding. It's... <laughs> That's it, man. It's going to be a long... What do, you, what do you think? Last thing. What do you think about businesses getting into politics? Like, making actual... Like, we joke about the whole jackrabbit thing, but that just happened. So that's why I'm bringing it up. Right. Like, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad idea? What What are your thoughts at on... The, at the end of the day, a business is just trying to make money, and people are people, regardless of title. So it's, it's tough to kind of separate all of that. Mm-hmm. It's not like the separation of church and state, right? So... I think a business is just going to have to be glumped in with politics and then it's just going to be a part of it because they're going to have to follow society and then also follow people. So if someone political shows up to an establishment, it doesn't necessarily mean that that establishment agrees with that person's political views. It just means that they're a business, they're open for business. And if that specific person has a following and it brings more business to that business. Mm-hmm. They're in the business to make money. So Correct. Then whatever. Now, that's one instance now, what about a federal mandate with a private employer's following of that federal mandate? That's the argument. Because that's a conscious decision to follow. Correct. Yeah. And then that's the separation of you know the state's power versus the federal government's power and how they want to dictate their employees, what they feel is safe, and the business entity of it. And it's it's wild. So, of course, that brings up the whole the COVID vaccine is separate from polio or, you know, it's like, is it? Yes, it is. No, it's not. Then you go down that rabbit hole. And then at the end of the day, they, you know, what if a business says we're going to, we're going to mandate a COVID vaccine once 60 years have passed and we have enough of a clinical trial, then they're going to have the people fighting that saying that technology has been around for a bunch Mm -hmm. of years and then down that rabbit hole. So it's all based on. Did you watch the the person's response? Did you watch the Joe Rogan episode with Sanjay Gupta? Who is he again? The CNN uh, correspondent. Yeah, I saw a 
the first probably 12, 15 minutes of it. That's about it. It, it was just funny because, <clears throat> I mean, I have, a, I have a lot of respect for the guy after listening to it. That's the thing about Rogan's podcast that I really, really like is that people from the other side of the aisle come on quite a bit. And it's very fascinating to hear their viewpoints and have me have respect for them after that. Well, it's also because he's got three hours to talk to him face to face. Right, yeah. But he could not come up with a way or a reason as to why these whole federal vaccine mandates don't include or don't exclude people who have already been exposed to it. Right. He could not say anything about that. No. And he's like, Joe, you're not vaccinated. And he's like, I understand that, but I'm 13% more protected than you, you having the vaccine. Like, I'm more protected than you. And he's like, well, then you don't understand. We don't know how long natural immunity lasts. And he's like, we don't know how long the vaccine lasts. And we already need a booster shot. Jamie's got thick lines. That's what he just got saying because the antibody test spits out lines. But, like, I just don't. That's the thing of this whole mandate that I just don't understand. is because that is we're basing it around you having the vaccine, not if you actually have COVID, which pisses me off. Like, we unvaccinated people can't go to the Bills game. Unvaccinated people can't go to the Sabres game. Unvaccinated people can't go back to work, regardless of antibodies or not. Like, it doesn't follow the science. It's just, do you have the vaccine or not? And you're not allowed to question the science as a Republican. It's so stupid. And I brought that up to my in-laws, and I said, I brought up natural immunity, and they said, I've never seen any data about natural immunity. And I go, there's two things to that. One, you kind of indirectly told me you're only getting your information from MSM. Mm -hmm. And then two, wouldn't you want to know? And then three, it's if (sighs) – I'm trying to word it correctly. The third point is exactly what you said. It is essentially better than the vaccine, and we don't know how long both of them lasted or will last, but we do know people with SARS-CoV-1, because two is COVID, have antibodies. 20 years later, 20 years later. So how is this different from SARS-1? How does this work? And there's not enough on MSM being released about antibodies, about natural immunity, and that's one of the main issues between the left and the right is Mm -hmm. because the right does the research and the left only does and follows what is being told to them, which historically used to be okay, but in today's day and age, it's not. And you're having that generational bump where that's the reality, and then some people are okay with understanding and believing that, and then others are not. So it's wild. And- the other point was, um, what did you bring up about after natural immunity on his show? He brought up natural immunity, and then he- That, that was really the main point, was just natural immunity. What was after that, though? I Jamie's mean, got thick lines, and then oh, he said something the else. antibodies and stuff like that, and now people with antibodies are like have the thicker lines than the people that don't have antibodies. And it's just how- Because Jamie's been exposed to COVID, and he's been expo- exposed to the Delta variant. So now his antibodies are huge because he has antibodies for both of them. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing that people also have to – I mean, I'm no scientist. I'm going to put that out there right now. Same. But the vaccine comes out, and from what I, my understanding is that it is forcing your body to make the spike proteins that the COVID-19 variant has. So your body is now protected and knows to fight anything that comes into your body with spike proteins. The issue is, is Delta variant doesn't have the same spike proteins as the COVID variant. So that's why people are getting sick again, is because their immunity from the vaccine that is forcing them to create spike proteins isn't the same 
Spike proteins is the Delta variant. That's why it's sneaking through. If you have natural immunity to COVID because you've got COVID by contracting it, your body produced antibodies for the entire COVID molecular structure. So it's not just the spike proteins. It's this molecular structure of COVID-19. So now the Delta variant shares similarities between the molecular structure of regular COVID except for the spike proteins. So now that's why people with antibodies aren't getting as sick with the Delta variant as people with the vaccine. Exactly. From my understanding. Correct. And then I remember what it was. It was questioning science. Oh, right. Yeah. That's just an overall thing. I brought up the point of when we questioned an egg. When eggs first came out, it was horrible for your cholesterol to eat mm-hmm. an egg yolk. Yeah. Then they, f- people questioned that. People, people are que- still scared about it. So people question the egg, right? And then all of a sudden we question the science behind the egg, and then we come to find out that the egg yolk isn't necessarily bad for your cholesterol. You're only you're um it's not your only, but you're gaining two grams of protein as well by eating the egg yolk. Eat a whole egg; it's mm-hmm. fine. If you want to cut some of the cholesterol out, then have an egg white. We question outer space every day. What happened with COVID is what we've seen is people on the right question science Mm -hmm. because science is allowed to be questioned. The left had a conniption and said, stop questioning science. This is fact. This is what we got to do. It's national health. It's national security. This is what we have to do. Fauci, Fauci, Fauci. (laughs) I brought that up. And they said, you're allowed to question science. And I said, you're not because the Democrats are currently calling Republicans extremists and ex- uh, conspiracy theorists for questioning science. And that's one of the major issues. And then they had no recollection of that. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. So like the, the right has memories of, of elephants where we remember all of that. And then it, when it comes time to vote, that's why we vote the way we vote, which is red. Because we remember the hypocrisy in the left and we're just like, we don't want that anymore. We're sick of it. Same with Cuomo. I remember all the bad things about Cuomo, mm-hmm. all of them, and I never once voted for Cuomo. Do you remember the good things about Cuomo? No. Do you think that's a no, flaw? <laughs> there's no good things about Cuomo. He cut – He, dude, I can go on for hours. So anyways. There's a lot of bad things, but now that we have Hochul in office, Cuomo did – he was a small business guy. There was some good things about his aspect when he treated small business. Farm distilling? Yeah. I mean, there okay, were that's the good- only good thing. <laughs> the farm license for distilleries. So anyways, let me finish my point before I forget, because, you know, hashtag CDE, Sean understands. Hashtag Republicans fan. never forget rhinos. <laughs> yeah, we got elephants. <laughs> memories memories of elephants. Cool. I could go down the list of all the awful oh, things Cuomo did and then add, like, three caveats to good things. And then I was talking to a lot of people on the left, outside of Maine laws, about Cuomo. And they're just like, well, I don't remember any of that. I don't. They're like, what are you talking about? Or I don't remember that. Or he's not that bad. Or who's coming up after him? Or I'm just going to vote party lines. Right. And that's not okay either. It's it's a dumpster fire. So you made me lose my train of thought. So <laughs> that's, that's specifically for me why I vote the way I vote. Yeah. And it's not necessarily that I'm opposed to voting for blue. Even though I'm registered right, I'm registered right. Because then I'm allowed to vote more often. If I registered the way I really am, I'm not allowed to vote in primaries, which is another topic of discussion. Why not? How come I can't vote for Mayor Buffalo? Right. You know what I mean? I'm in Erie County. My taxes help Buffalo. I spend money in Buffalo, and I can't vote for the mayor of Buffalo because I don't live in the city. 
So if I don't like what's going on, I just don't go to the city anymore. What if I want a good steak and a nice oven, you know, oven uh, cooked pizza? I don't really know any in the suburbs. Do yeah, you? No. I know like one. It's a disaster. So I vote red. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. This it, it's going to be interesting because when we record the next episode, the mayoral election would have been completed, right? Yeah, because it's November second. Yeah, what's today? It's October twenty sixth. So, so next week, it, next week it falls right around there. It's going to be interesting to see the outcome of that because I really we record the day before if we record on a Monday. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting result, and that's going to really dictate. We should a record lot. the third so we can talk about it. All right, I'm down. We have an interview on the second, so I am very interested to see the results of that and the immediate impact of Buffalo. With it's going to be a revolt. If it goes one way or the other. Just kidding. But seriously, people are going to be really mad. Yeah. All right, everybody. This was a stressful episode, 100%. Because oh, we talked no, about we, we talked about some pretty hot topic, topics, topic, topics. Well, no. There's people that have their opinion. And then in the grand scheme of things, big tech is a problem. And a majority of America falls in the middle. And no one yeah. knows how to handle. But it was what's hot really topics. Going on. Like these are oh. these are real topics. Yeah, the, yeah, they're real topics. That's what I'm saying. It yeah. gives people's blood pressure going, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on. This had to be a good discussion. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. You know, we made jokes, but we're not saying. Yeah. Go one way or the other. The other side's wrong. We're very open minded. Please subscribe. Um, but yeah, so that's really it. Take Next. us out, Mike. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you for one putting up with us, but then two um, for all of our patreons, all of our supporters, and as well as um, our upcoming business sponsors, which we'll mm-hmm. dive into next episode. So I'm excited for all of that. There is a lot of growth. On a real note, we're, we are growing, which is really exciting. We have a lot of upcoming content, which is going to be cool for you guys, and we're excited to try different products coming up. So that's going to be neat, yeah. and then. Our reviews are going to keep chugging. After the 100th Wednesday Whiskey Review, it's going to be – there's going to be other options other than whiskey, so that's going to be cool. So, yeah, thank you for all your support thus far. We've surpassed 380 subscribers, which mm-hmm. is really cool. And our Instagram has been recently blowing up, which is neat, yeah. with followers. So we're, we've exceeded 1340 so far on, on uh, you, uh, Jesus Instagram. Yeah. So, yeah, other than that, I'm interested. Everybody that listened to today's discussion, do you enjoy political talk? We didn't talk about the Bills this week, obviously, because Bills had a bye week. We could have talked about Titans uh, Chiefs because that was an exciting game. Chiefs suck. But do you enjoy the political conversations? Mike and I are obviously on the same side of the aisle, so it's a little bit challenging to get differing opinions in here. I mean, we try to be as reasonable as possible when we talk about this stuff just to play devil's advocate with some of these situations. But do you guys enjoy this discussion? Because we can talk for literally hours on this type of stuff, on what grinds our gears and what the other side would maybe be thinking. So if you like that discussion, we'll continue doing it. If you don't like it, maybe we'll do we like – Reel it back a little bit. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, we haven't dove into anything recent in that realm in months. Yeah. 
So if you're new, this isn't super common, but right, yeah. But today and last week, I think we dove a little bit into it. But let us know in the comments below if you like it or not. Yeah, it's because my liberal in-laws came into town. <laughs> yeah, Just kidding. please remember to follow us on Instagram at the Buffalo Happy Hour Twelve on Facebook at the Buffalo Happy Hour and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free to do. And please leave a like on this video. It helps us with the YouTube algorithms and getting us out to other people. Uh, we have some new content coming for you on Thursdays potentially in the future too. So make sure you're subscribed for that. It's going to be a well worth it and that's really it so thank you everybody for listening to today we this is episode 110 it's getting up there bud we've been doing way too many of these we got to shut this down but thank everybody appreciate it if you're going to pick up the whiskey that we tried today that was hudson whiskey baby bourbon uh we batch record these so if you are going to be picking this one up or if you're going to be picking up any of the other ones that we just did please remember to drink responsibly be a good person and michael do not litter we're out Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.